So today's daf is daf Tzadi Zayin, page 97. In the Heilige Meseches Ksubis, the Holy Meseches Ksubis, and we pick up from Ketzad Meicheres. How does this widow sell the property from the estate of her husband when she wants to be supported? All right, so Ketzad Meicheres, the last word on the top line. It's Ketzad. Let's get going. How does she sell the property? Amar of Daniel, Bar of Katina, Amar of Huna. Rav Daniel, the son of Rav Katina, says in the name of Rav Huna, Meicheres Achas, the name of she sells one property every 12 months. And the Lekeach is going to give her money once every 30 days. This is a very fascinating type, there's a fascinating type of document, which is, she's going to sell it, <clears throat> she can sell up to a year's worth of sustenance, or we'll call it 12 months, sometimes different than a year, you could have 13 months in a year in a leap year, but the money comes in, only monthly, which happens to be a brilliant idea. And the reason for this is that, remember, she can only use the state for her sustenance until she remarries. What if she sells her husband's land enough for six months and she remarries two months later? We want it to be that the estate's still holding on to the money, not that it's her money that gets already given over to her, which is now going to give her the upper hand. So she could sell up to 12 months, but the money is only going to come to her by the buyer once a month. Because if she remarries within the 12 months, then the buyer will just start handing the money over to the estate again. It's not going to go to her. So that is Rev. Daniel, the son of Rev. Katina, quoting Rev. Huna. Rev. Huna's opinion is, is you can sell for up to 12 months. And he agrees that the purchaser gives money only once a month. Which is the 12 month process. That is a six month process. We have a by supporting Rav Yehuda. She can sell for up to six months land. And the buyer pays off once every 30 days. Amar Ameymar. Ameymar says, She could sell property for up to six months. Meaning, we rule like Rav Yehuda. That it's six months, it's not 12 months. What do you mean? What about Rav Huna's halacha? Rav Huna said it's 12 months. Why are you just going so easily and arguing on Rav Huna and saying that it's six months? He said, I'll tell you why I argue. I didn't hear it. Meaning, you know why I didn't hear it? Because <laughs> I don't agree with it. There you go. I agree with Rabbi Yehuda. Six months is the proper way to go. And you're paid off once every 30 days. Okay. They asked the question, searching for information. From Rev Sheshes, if she sells the land in order to for Mizainais for her sustenance, what is the halacha? Can she go afterwards and take that land back for her ksuba? This is incredible. You hear what's going on here? She sells this land because the estate is obligated to, to pay her sustenance. But here's the deal. She hasn't yet collected her ksuba. So she also has a lien on this land. She's going to sell the land and then take it back to pay up her ksuba because she's got a lien on it. Could she do that? Could she double cross the buyers? Says the Gemara. We're asking 
going in Rabbi Yosef's opinion. The Amar Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef says, Ar Malta de Zavin, when you have an Almana who sells land, Achrayas Ayasme, the obligation on the land falls upon the assignment, the inheritors, or falls upon the orphans, meaning they're the ones who are obligated to support her. Why did she sell the land? Because they're not supporting her. So she, kind of acting as their shliach, didn't sell the, she's not the one selling it and double cross them. She's selling it as, as, as if she is an inheritor. So now when she's going back, what's the problem? She's not double crossing them. She's just collecting land for her ksuba that the inheritors, quote unquote, inheritors sold. It's their responsibility. My. So there, what's the Allah Hakim and the Since it's the orphan's responsibility to back up the to back up the sustenance. Tarfa, let her collect the ksuba. It's as if they sold the land. She's got to lean on that land. She's gonna go take it back. Or maybe the buyer can say to her, listen, granted, it's the inheritors who are the ones responsible for paying you off. But the bottom line is you sold it. When you sold it, what you in essence were saying is you're going to be the one overseeing this estate. So you hurt yourself. Don't sell it to me and then grab it back as if you have a lien on it. That's the Shiloh. Amar he responds to him, to Nisua, we learned in Abraisa, Mecheres, Reilechas, Arkadeik, Suvasa, she keeps selling property until the entire value of her ksuba is, uh, is um, paid off. Besamachla, and it's, she, she's going to be saimich on it. She's going to rely on it. Shetigve ksuvasa minashar. So that she, should, she, be, she, she could be able to collect her ksuba from the remaining amount. Okay? Meaning she's, you know, it's always worthwhile for her to keep that little bit of land left for her ksuba instead of selling it. Shema minah, sharia in. You learn out from this b'risa that if she leaves over enough land to pay off her ksuba, then she can actually collect land. Lai sharia If She didn't leave over any land and she sold all the land because she wanted to be supported, then she's not allowed to collect her ksuba. Why? We're going to assume she can't sell it because... You know, uh, she took a chryas to sell it. It's, it's basically the latter uh, concept instead of the former, where we said, let, let the buyer say to her, listen, you're, ultimately you're the one who stood behind the sale, so you cannot go ahead and grab it back from me. Says Gwara, not necessarily. Maybe the Bryces is giving her an Eitzateva. It's giving her good advice. So that people, you know, uh, it'll, be, it'll be bad for her name. When she starts uh, selling land and then uh, backing out, she's not going to be able to, to uh, marry again. People are going to get a name as being a woman with bad midas. Says, well, no, M. Cain, if it would only be an Eitzetayva, listening, it should say she collected Suva from any land that's remaining. My Semechla. What does it mean that she's Semech on it, that she relies on it? You learn from here that it's literal. Sharia in, if she has enough land left over to collect her Suva. Then this is true. But if she didn't leave over any land and she sold everything, then she lost her ksuba. Okay, beautiful. That is the end of that topic. Now the Gemara is going to turn to a new Shiloh. So here we go. They asked the question, searching for information. Zovin, if somebody sells land, 
Usually people sell things to get cash flow. He sells land, but he didn't really need the money. Hadri Zvine, Eloi Hadre Zvine. It's a fascinating question. Could he back out of the sale or not? Incredible. Now, those of us who have ever been involved in business, we would say, what's the Shaila? <laughs> you made a sale. What's the difference whether you needed money or you didn't need money? Okay. <clears throat> so, a lot of transactions in halacha are dependent on das. It's dependent on mindset and what was expected, what was the understanding at the actual time of the sale. Okay? So this sale, the Mepharshim point out, was done specifically with the terms, with the understanding, with the knowledge that this guy's selling land because he needs cash. Turns out <coughs> that he didn't really need that money. Do we say that since it was known at the time that he was selling it for money, so if he doesn't need it, the buyer really you know, has to allow him to purchase it back? Or do we say no? Bottom line is, you know, it's, uh, you, you never made it conditional. You never made the sale conditional on whether or not you have cash flow. See, either way, it's going to be a valid sale. That's the Shaila. Sanchez, the Gemara, Toshma, come and listen. We're going to try to bring an answer. Dahu Gabra, there was a fellow, the Zovin Araler of Pupa. He sold Lantern of Papa, the Shrikhali Zuzi, the Mizvan Ture. The reason why he sold the Lantern of Papa is because he planned on opening up a Hertz Renton Ox. He wanted to purchase oxen to do business with Lusaif in the end, Lay Shrikhali. He didn't need the money. Somebody gifted him a few oxen, whatever happened. But Ahadre Niale of Papa Laare, and Rav Papa agreed to give back the land. So you see, you're obligated to give back the land when you knew why he sold it. Says the Gemara, come on. You know Rav Papa was a tzaddik. Rav Papa, Fnim Mishra, doesn't love it. Doesn't mean it's the halacha. Rav Papa did him a favor. He won the Fnim Mishra, doesn't mean everybody has to. Just because Rav Papa's an overly nice guy and willing to back out, that means everybody. Says the Gemara, okay, you're right. No proof from Rav Papa's story. So, Toshma, let's try to prove it from here. There was a famine in Narda. There was a famine in Narda. What happened was, people mamish sold their homes in order to redeem, and meaning they, they needed money. They were stuck. They were stuck, so they needed money to buy homes. They, needed, they, they were willing to sell them literally their homes to purchase food. And what happened was, a whole boatload of wheat came. Okay? So everybody sold their homes to get wheat. And then the next day, within a short amount of time, all of a sudden there's plenty of wheat. Amalur of Nachman, Nachman said, Whoever bought these homes, they got to give it back to their original owners. So you see from over here as well, when there's clear knowledge as to why somebody sold what they sold, and the circumstances changed that, let, that tell us that they never would have originally agreed, certainly, uh, certainly you could back out. There was a mistake in sale. Yeah, what happened was that in that situation, the wheat on the boat was already in transit and they, it was just mistaken information. Because over here, 
what happened was that it's after the fact that somebody wants it back. In the case of the wheat, what the Gemara is trying to explain is that really the wheat was available before the fact. What happened was the wheat was there, they didn't know, so they sold their homes, and then they became aware that the wheat was already there. So at the time that they sold their homes, there was really no famine that they thought existed. It was like Rafua Kaidim Lamaka. But over here, it's an after the fact thing. Says Gemara Yachi, if that's the whole reason why they were allowed to get their homes back, if you're allowing these owners to take back their homes, let me tell you something. You're going to come out and create a mikshul in the future. How so? What do you think? Anytime somebody needs something, I'm not going to give them what they need. You know why? As soon as they don't need it anymore, they're going to come to me and say, give it back. I need soda. Okay. You want soda? Listen, I have one bottle. I really have no intention to sell it. I'll pay you $50. Let's assume there's no way no. We're not dealing with a situation of, of ripping off. There's no way no. There's no overcharge. Whatever. I'm never, if I know that in a week soda becomes available, you're going to back out. I'm not going to sell it to you now. says to him, It's okay. Not every day do you end up with a famine where there's no, you know, there's not enough uh, food. And therefore, even if I allow the homes to go back, that's not going to change reality. People are saying, it happens once, well, how often does it happen? Once every 200 years. No, it's quite common for there to be a lack of food in our dog. The Hilkson Allah is Zavin Vini. Allah is practically speaking, and if he sells his land, turns out he doesn't need the money, Hadrizvini, the sale he is entitled to undo the sale and he could take his money back. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. We're now up to the Mishnah, seven lines from the bottom of Tzadi Zion, Omud Aleph. We're about to start a new Mishnah, and here we go. Now, we learned in the previous Mishnah, a widow is permitted to sell land to cover the expenses that the estate is obligated to her. It's obligated to pay her ksuba. It's obligated to support her. Okay, we said, how does she sell the land? Okay, so we explained that was that was the Gemara on top of today's on top of today's daf. Says the Gemara to continue that topic. Almana, when you have a widow, whether she is an almana from her husband passed away, she was an arusa stage one of marriage, she was in Nasua, complete marriage, she consummated her marriage. She can sell land from her husband's estate even without Besden's permission. If she knows that she's entitled to money from this land, she doesn't need to walk into a Besden and get the sale done. Okay, fine. All she really needs to do 
is make sure that she's selling it at a fair price. And when she's selling it at a fair price, if anybody shows up afterwards and says, oh, you shouldn't have sold the land, you'd be like, well, I'm, I'm allowed to be sustained by this estate. What I do wrong? We could have got a better deal. And she shows them that it was at a fair market value. She's fine. Reb Shimon, Reb Shimon says, it depends. Men on Nisuin, if she's a widow from Nisuin, my Kharash Bezdin. Then she could sell it Shalai Bezdin. She doesn't need to do it in, uh, in front of Bezdin. Okay. Now, a woman with Nisuin, who's obligated to sustain her? Her husband. Right? Her husband's dead. So who has to sustain her? The estate. How often do people eat? Every day. She, if you want her to start going to court, what's she going to eat? So from Nisuin, where the husband was the one responsible to take care of her, so we'll say the estate has to do the same thing. Lysa, uh, however, Mena Arison, if he died in Arison, so he wasn't supporting her anyway with food. So then says Rabbi Shimon, Simkar She's got to wait to go to Bezdin. I, what are you going to eat? The same thing you've been eating till now. You've been living in your father's house. Nothing's changed. You're right. You're you're now now that you're a widow, you're allowed to be sustained. All right, but you got to go to Bezdin. She's not getting Mazinus. If she has no rights to Mazinus, guess what she's getting? Food? No. Ksuba? Yeah. All right. So go to Bezdin to get your Ksuba. Says the Bishop, and it makes sense from this, if she's an Almana from Nisuin, Mishumazine. What are you going to do? Tell her to go to Bezdin? She's going to say the Bezdin's closed for the next two weeks due to COVID. You didn't expect me to go to Bezdin? It's not Shaykh. It's not possible. I need food now. All right? Top of Omud Bez. Ella, Mina Erison, but when we're talking about she's a widow from Erison, my timer, why would the Tanakama, what's the reason for the Tanakama to allow her to just go sell it? Why, why don't we say go to Bezdin? What are you here to collect? Ksuba, go to Bezdin. Amarula, Mishumchena. Mishumchena. Very interesting. Very interesting logic. And that is, to, like we said earlier, if a woman knows that if her husband dies, <clears throat> in order to collect anything, she's going to have to walk into a, a court, they are going to be very hesitant about this setup, about this arrangement. So, but if they know, if they know that um, they'll be able to collect money even before going to a court to sustain themselves, so because of chain, they'll be more willing to get into this uh, financial agreement. Ma, that is ula. Rav says, a person themselves, the husband doesn't want his wife to have to go to Bezdin in order to, to um, you know, ever, be, ever need to sustain herself. In other words, basically, according to the first approach, Ula, it's her feelings. And according to Rabbi Yechanan, it's the husband's feelings. The husband's going to want this. The husband doesn't want his wife to have to go to Bezdin every time she sells something. My Benayu. What's the practical difference? Benayu Grusha. The difference is going to be if she's not a widow selling in order in order to collect her ksuba, right? She is a divorcee. Yeah, a grusha also needs chen. In other words, women in general, we want to make marriage easy for them, not complicated. Listen, it's hard enough that the, the you know the husband's the one who has to write a get, 
and take that away. Now even to collect the money and that's a balagan, so give it there. Um, he's not concerned about it anymore. He's not in a relationship with her. And therefore, if she wants to sell anything to collect her ksuba, um, she would have to go to Bezdin. It's not we learned in the Mishnah. A Grusha Taka can only sell in a Bezdin. It makes sense. If, according to the logic, a person doesn't want his wife to be embarrassed in Bezdin. All right, we already explained. The divorcee is different. However, if you're going to say the reason why a wife doesn't have to go to a, a wife doesn't have to sell her land in Bezdin is to find marriage as a whole should find favor in the eyes of a woman, so women are, will be more inclined to be married. Why do we say that she's got to sell it in a Bezdin? Aren't we concerned that she's going to she's a woman who may withhold from marriage perhaps in the future because we're putting her through this? Or even ahead of time, maybe she'll say, you know, if we ever get divorced, I'm going to have to go to a Bezdin if I ever want to be sustained. That's a whole balagana. I'm not so fast running into this relationship. Says Gemara, you're right. Hamani, Rib Shimini. This opinion follows Rib Shimon. Um, says the Gemara, I'm sorry, it's, let, let's explain. Says Gemara, Hamani, Rib Shimon. The Mishnah which says that she has to do in a Bezdin is the opinion of Rib Shimon. That was Rib Shimon in our Mishnah, who says... You always need to go to Bezdin. So he didn't agree with that whole logic of Chen. Says the Gemara, Irib Shimon, Hatani Levesha. What about the beginning of the Mishnah? Mina Erisin Laisimkar. We already learned Mina Erisin Laisimkar. <laughs> yeah, so we're obviously not following. If we're saying that, that, she, that she is doing it from Erisin, so obviously we're not following Shitas Rib Shimon. He, he's basically, um, you know, in other words, why would Rib Shimon say that in one place, a woman always needs to collect her ksuba in a bezdin, and then say that a grusha who's collecting a ksuba has to go to bezdin. You already told me she's going to bezdin. Wouldn't make any sense. Why Reb Shimon is saying the same thing? It's redundant. Saying the same thing twice. It, the, the whole halacha is not going to work out. Okay. Sigmar so says it has to be Tanakama. So Malatim, I was about to say. That since we're not so concerned about her chain, we're not so concerned about her chain. Um, why, why is it, why are we not so concerned about chain? So Rashi here says a very fascinating logic, very fascinating logic. Let's look together in Rashi. You know, in general, we want women to have chain towards marriage. Rashi says in this specific circumstance, to make her sell in a bezdin is not a concern for chain. Why not? So here we go. Let's look together. I want to read Rashi together. It is the six, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five lines down in the thin lines in Rashi. Rashi says, She never had Nisuin. So she never had Chibas Bia with her husband. Okay, that real marriage intimacy. And therefore, other women who see her having to sell in Bezdin are not going to be turned off by this tircha. They're going to think to themselves, oh, you know why she has to sell in Bezdin? Because she never really moved in with the guy. If you never really were married fully, yeah, we could understand that. We could understand why, uh, why she's going to have to go to the tircha. But once there's like a, a marriage together, oh, that's a turnoff. That's something that's going to be problematic. For uh, womanhood as a whole, when they go into marriage, 
to have to be busy with this. Where it was a full fledged marriage, so we are concerned about uh, we are concerned about finding chain. So I would say it's that, that you need chain, and therefore Reb Shimon uh, in the second mission is letting us know that even as far as chain is concerned by a divorcee, even then you got to do it in a court. We're not concerned about chain. In other words, Reb Shimon doesn't agree with the with chena. With that, with that svar at all. Says Gemara, Hanami Tanina. But this, this uh, halacha, also, we learned in the Mishnah, Kol She'ela Mezaynas, any woman who has no Mezaynas, we said, um, has to go to Bezdin. Now, how do you have a fully married woman, how do you have a woman who either is fully married, or was fully married, that doesn't have Mezaynas? Well, I'll tell you, it's a case of a Grusha. Yeah, this woman was already a divorcee, so the husband's not has has no responsibility to feed her anymore. And then he dies; she wants to collect from the estate. So again, it must be the pin of a tanakama, not Rosh because she already taught me this halacha. Says more It's including a woman who's divorced and not divorced. Okay, what does it mean she's divorced and not divorced? It's a suffix. A Suffolk Rusha. Kidrav Zera, Dhamar of Zera, Komagushamu Bugreshav and Gureshas, wherever you have a case where a divorce is a Suffolk. I remember what's that case? Remember from Ksuvis and Yuvamas, where he threw a get to her and it landed like fifty percent, right? On the fifty yard line. Bal Khaiv uh Bal the husband's still obligated to pay her Mazinus. Mamela, Reb uh here as well is that um she's not going to receive any sort of of uh parnosa from the inheritors. That's the case of Suffolk. But to tell me that that's the statement of Reb Shimon means Lashia Grusha? No. Memela Grusha itself is Taka a Chiddush. What's the Chiddush again? That Reb Shimon completely stays away from the logic of Chena. He's not bothered by that at all of finding favor in the eyes of general womanhood to come to marriage. And he says, if she ever wants to sell land to collect her sustenance, she must do that in front of a Bezdin. Period. Says the Gemara Vaiter. Toshima, come and listen. The same way a woman is allowed to sell property to support herself, to get sustenance. Outside of a Bezdin, so too her inheritors, those who inherit her Ksuba, meaning either her children or, as we learned earlier, her Yavam. Who inherits Uksuva, they could also sell the estate Shalai Bebezdin. Without without Bezdin. Same way she could sell without Bezdin. They could sell Bishmalamadam Lafi Shana Dum Rights Shabaz Ishib Bezdin. Kihihi Dilanecha Lai Tisbazi Shanamilanechilavaze. If you're gonna tell the reason why she she according to the opinion she doesn't need to go to Bezdin is because her husband doesn't want his wife to be embarrassed. He's not gonna want her inheritors to have to go through that either. So that it makes sense. The same way she doesn't sell in Bezin, they don't either. But according to the opinion of Chena, that we, you know, to, to, to make marriage more attractive to women, to not make it difficult for them to, to, to receive their sustenance, why are we allowing her inheritors to sell outside of a Bezin? We don't care about Chena over there. They're also women. Her inheritors are women. Her daughter, her sister... And Mamela, under those circumstances, that's where we say that they will be allowed to collect the uh, ksuba, the value, 
um, without going, they'll be able to sell land to collect the ksuba without going to Bezdem first. Period. End of that Gemara. Okay, so it could be either because of Hina, or it could be because a person does not want to be Mavaza their wife by making them go to a Bezdem. Let's keep going. Mishnah. This Mishnah is really a continuation of our Mishnah on Amar Aleph. And Amar Aleph, we said, Machlekes uh, between Tanakama and Rib Shimon, that as far as when a woman wants to collect her ksuba, whether she has to sell land to collect her ksuba in front of Bezdin or not. Let's keep going. Let's say she sold her ksuba or Mekzosa or part of her ksuba. Or if she was used as a collateral, or she gave it away. Once you did, once you messed with your ksuva and got paid up or got paid up in part, any any future land that you're going to sell to collect your ksuva must be done with a bezdim. She could sell. Off the value of Raksuba in in uh, you know in many different times, even four or five times. Umacharis the mezainish tavi bezin, and mezainish she does outside bezin. So let's say she has a very large ksuba, even a small two hundred zuz. But let's say you know make just make an easier case. You have a woman whose husband had teisefes ksuba. He wrote in a, a a very high ksuba for her. So as she's collecting the ksuba, she's selling the land piece by piece. Says the chachamim. That could all be done outside of a bezin. But when she writes, when she sells the property, she should specify why she's selling it on the document. She should write, you know, this land is being sold for food. Fine. If she's selling it for food. But a grusha who wants to, uh, she, you know, she's not going to receive the uh, support. But she's going to receive a ksuva. So that could only be done in front of a bezdin. All right? That could all be done in front of a bezdin. Fine. And that's what we learned earlier as well. When it comes to ksuba alone, that's, that, that's bezdin. Says Gemara Masnis in money. Who is the Tana of our Mishnah? Reb Shimni, it's Reb Shimni, the Tana we learned to the Braisa. Machro ksuvasa. She sold her ksuva. Mashkin ksuvasa. Or if she set aside her ksuva as a mashkin, meaning she borrows money, and she tells the lender... Um, if I don't pay you back, you could collect my ksuba. Or she makes a ksuba in apaitiki. This is another type of collateral, but it's more specific. It's an acronym for apaitahe kai. That uh, this ksuba itself, it's sitting right here. It's as if like you're, you've already collected payment for it. She no longer has rights to mazainas. It's like she collected her ksuba. Even if you only did half, if it's not once you collect the whole, you collect part. Okay? As soon as you get a little bit of your ksuba, you no longer receive mezainas. Says the Gemara, hold on. This seems to say, the Rav Shimon Sabah, Rav Shimon holds, the Lion Rinan, we don't say mixas kasef kechol kasef. Partial money is like all money. What did Reb Shimon say? Even if she only sold, not even sold whole, even if it's part, if damem zaynesel. Okay? Why? It's got to be, Reb Shimon holds, you don't say collecting part is collecting whole. 
Rabbanon Savri Amina makes this Kesach Chol Kesef. The Rabbanon hold no, it is the same. Says Gemara, that's what it seems to imply. But the issue is Ha'ibcha Shamina Le. We learned the opposite. The Talmud learned in the Pchaisa. Vuhu Isha Bibsule. Kain Gadol must marry a Bisula. Prale by Geres Shekalu Bisule. This excludes by Geres. Who doesn't have her besulim? But Gary doesn't have a besulim. You hear this? She never had relations with anybody. But still no besulim. So he can't marry her. They say, no, 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 no. No. A Bagaras, a woman as she ages, granted the signs of virginity get weakened and start to get taken away. The besulim. But they're still going to be there partially. Sir so Mayor says, Your mom is not considered a basula. Once again, it's not considered a basula anymore. Rabbi Lazar Bashim is saying, No, no, no. Still are. So here, here's the contradiction. According to Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Shimon, it seems that they hold Mixas is not Kikule. But previously, by the money, they say Mixas is Kikule. Make up your mind. Is Mixas Kikule like we find by money? Like, like we find, um, yeah, by money? Or not, like we find by Begeres. Says Gemara, Hosan Bekroi Pligi. By Begeres, it's different. Don't compare Allah's of Basul with Allah's of money, because that's the, the, their opinion over there is dependent on the wording of the Pasuk and the Tiger. Reb Meir, Savar Meir says, Basula, Filu makes Basulim. When it says that the Kangala must marry a Basula, it means as long as you have some Basulim, you're fine. So a Kangala can marry an older Begeres. Adika Kulu. But now it says her You need everything there. in her besulim means in. If she has regular relations, she loses her virginity. But if she had unnatural, irregular relations, she's still permitted to the Kayin Gadol. That's Rev Mayor. A different Joshua to the words. They say like this. Besula, when she's a virgin. Shalema mashma. That means complete. Okay? Now again, Rav Meir had said that besula means even partially. Rav Shin Rav say no. Besula means complete. Besuleha, afilu mikzas besulim. Even partial besulim are going to consider her worthy and fit to a Kayin Gadol. Top of tomorrow's daf. Biv Sulel. How do they darshan Biv Sulel? In her Besulem. She call Besulel Kayamin. Meaning, you need all of your Besulem there. Bein Bekedarka, Bein Bishalai Kedarka. Even if you lose your virginity in an unnatural way, even Shalai Kedarka, she's not going to be fit anymore to marry the Kayin Gadol. So basically, to take a step back and... Um, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll learn one more step tonight, but take a, a step back at the overall picture and question that we asked. Again, let's remind ourselves, we asked the contradiction between Rav Meir and Rav Shimon, whether partial is like complete, when it comes to the land and selling and selling land to collect part of Rukhsuba, Rav Shimon seems to imply that partial, that, um, that uh, partial is not like whole. When it comes to Basulim, he doesn't imply partial is like whole. And Rav Meir, vice versa. It's contradiction. Is partial like whole or not? The Gemara is answering, there's no contradiction because by 
Besulim, it just depends on Psukim. Just because they hold one thing by Besulim, just like by Besulim, Reb Shimon seems to imply that we say partial is considered like whole, it doesn't mean, that's based on the Pesach. It could be in other areas, for example, selling part of your Ksuba, to collect your Ksuba, selling part of land, that's enough, selling land that's enough to collect part of your Ksuba, he still might say that it's not considered like collecting the whole Ksuba. Let's learn one more step for tonight, a quick uh, quick story, and then we'll hold it here. Hahi Itza, there was a woman. Second line, Sadi Chazim Baralif. The Tofsa Kosa, the Kaspa, she took a silver cup, Biksuvasa, to help pay off for the Ksuva. Okay? She took a cup to help pay off part of the Ksuva. Now Rashi tells us it wasn't the whole Ksuva. Okay? So she sold the silver cup, and her Ksuva is not yet completely paid off. Katava Mizaine, and now she wants to come and take Mizainas. And what are they going to tell her? We don't get Mizainas. You took part of your Ksuba. I saw the Kameda Rabba. So the Dintaira came in front of Rabba. Omar Lady asked me, Rabba said to the Yusim, Zilu Abu Lemazainas, you gotta give her money, you gotta give her you gotta support her. Why? She collected part of her Ksuba. Less the Khosh, the Hadr of Shimon. Aren't you concerned about Shimon's halacha, the Omar? We don't say partial payment is like the whole payment. And therefore, we got to take Rav Shimon's statement in, into account as halacha. And even though she took part of payment of Rav since it wasn't the whole thing, she still will continue to receive support from the estate. You are obligated to be Mepharneser. Okay, we'll hold it here for today. Ezra Hashem, tomorrow morning, again, we made an announcement after Marv tonight, Daf throughout Chol is going to be at 10 a.m. Central Time. All right, 10 a.m. Central Time. If anybody's got an issue with that, they need it a little earlier or something of that sort, we could uh, work it out, but, uh, but just let me know. All right, have a wonderful, wonderful Mayan, everybody.